My name is Stephen Rafferty, and you're watching These Are Questions. This is the interview show where I ask people questions about things, life, and such not. Today's guest is a talented filmmaker, videographer, and he is the owner and founder of his production company, Shade Life Studios. Please welcome Brandon Eldon. Hey, dude, Stephen. Thanks for having me, man. My pleasure. Thank you for being a part of These Are Questions, Season 3. It's going to be a fun, exciting interview. Absolutely. I'm excited for it, man. I really appreciate you. We go way back too, so this is nice to catch up on a bunch of stuff. Oh yeah, absolutely. And you know, before we get all into the catching up and into the feels, I need to explain to you the rules of these are questions. Brendan, I'm going to ask you a series of questions. It's going to be based around your career and aspirations, along with a mixture of questions that are borderline idiotic and, well, randomly stupid. <laughs> My type of good time. <laughs> Good time, good time. Okay, cool, cool. Um, with that, do you accept those terms? Absolutely. Let's do it. All right, let's do it. Do it. All righty. So, Brendan, are you ready? Yes, sir. Ready to go. Ready to go. Ready to go. Internet, are you ready? I'm looking around. I'm looking at the heavens. I'm looking above, and I see someone giving a thumbs up. So, I'm going to take that as a yes. Sounds good. <laughs> Sounds good. Sounds good. With that, let's begin. So as you mentioned, we go way back. And I mean, we've known each other for quite a long time now. And I know that you are an incredible videographer, story maker, and a creative. I want to know, how did you dive into the wacky, less traveled world of being a creator? Hmm. Well, I would say that it started from my dance career. Well, I don't say dance career, but my lifestyle of dance. I've been mm -hmm. break dancing since I was like 14 years old. And in the culture of breaking, uh, it's very close to skate culture, where you are uh, performing moves, doing cre creative things and recording it so that you can you know, check later on to see how it looks and then document it. Yeah, it's a big documenting aspect uh, that it comes with the culture. So breaking is very similar. Mm -hmm. So that just became a normal thing in my childhood or teenage years. And that transitioned into, well, what else can you do with a camera? What else can you do to tell a story? So there's a big love for documenting life um, uh, in its rawest, truest form. And then there's also the art and craft of storytelling. Uh, which I went to school for back in high school. I went to a BOCES program. Um, mm -hmm. And that was something that just kind of changed my perspective on film and storytelling and uh, the perspective of humanity through a lens, uh, metaphorically and, and realistically. Uh, and that's pretty much the backstory of how I got into, at least in the idea of filmmaking. Okay, okay. Um, very cool. And it, it's interesting there because um, and not so much in dance because I'm, I, I can dance, but I would say I didn't get my roots in dancing, but I started not necessarily as my dream passion as going into videography and filmmaking at first. I was originally a computer programmer way back. So I led from programming and IT to actually going into filmmaking and creative uh, endeavors and projects. And um, I know you're an amazing storyteller because we collaborated together on my New Journey Begin series. And oh, um, I like the fact that you took my kind of 
off the cuff ideas and you brainstorm it to where we can make a amazing project together, you know, and you had your creative vision and your creative touches in both a storytelling perspective, but also from a production perspective and production standpoint to really make those series of videos really stand out. So, I mean, that's one thing that I really love about production itself, although you know, in today's world is a little bit of a solo game, but production yeah. is so collaborative. It has to be, uh, you know, like people excel in their different areas from ideas to technical skills. So whenever there's a solid collaboration, I'm always down for it. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And I can attest like, and, and please, if you need awesome videos, I, I'm, I don't know, I'm already showing already, but if you need awesome, amazing videos and just creative stories being made, he's the guy. <laughs> Thank you, Steve. Appreciate it, man. You're welcome. You're welcome. And, you know, another commonality that we both share is that we both have done official TEDx talks. Um, on these are questions. You are the third guest, not including myself, who has done a TEDx talk and has also been on these are questions. The first guest was Kasho Kat, who was also in our TEDx group in 2016. He was a part of season mm -hmm. one and Alonzo Williams, who was a part of TEDx 2017. Um, and he was in our season two of these are questions. Um, yeah. my actual question for this is, um, can you go back to that day and explain yeah. what was in your psyche at that time, as you were preparing to present your TEDx talk? Ooh, at the time I was big into community leadership. I've, uh, again, being involved in the dance community, there's a, a big part of what community means to my life. Mm -hmm. uh, how important it is and um, uh, I honestly believe that community can change the world in so many ways so when I was presented with this I was simultaneously um, uh, while I was running my community endeavors within the dance community I do this event with along with my wife called House of Drums it's been running for over uh, almost nine years now Wow. So that was the big inspiration of wanting to share uh, a bit of that information and just that experience. But simultaneously, I was also studying to become a pastor at the time. Mm -hmm. And that's a big part of my public speaking journey. TEDx kind of was like a middle ground of uh, that training in public speaking, but then also sharing a passion of mine, which is community leadership um, and how community has affected me but then also how it can really inspire others. And, and in an interesting thing, I think that that talk uh, kind of showed me so much about uh, the potential, not just with community, but communicating about community itself. I, I, I really realized how the effect that it can have on others. So that's kind of where I was at. And that would probably be what I would consider my quote unquote life calling, which is just bringing people together um, no matter what, uh, race, background, culture, they may or may not be, but mm -hmm. I think community is so important for all of us. So that's where I was at uh, during that talk. Okay. That's a, that's a, a, a interesting mentality to be preparing for that because um, I remember that day pretty vividly. Um, I, there was a lot of emotions going around for uh, everyone involved because of the magnitude of the performance itself, because it, it, it's an official TED talk, like for people that are in public speaking or just being uh, creatives and communication professionals, this is like the cream of the crop. This is one of the highest plateaus you can do in public speaking and in performance. It's it's definitely up there. And um, there was such a whirlwind of emotions going around through that day. And I remember yours very well because you really, you literally got the, the, the audience off 
their feet with some of the performance that you were doing and also the way you pre presented your talk and discussing about community and itself and bringing all different walks of life together um, within a diverse and essential part of that community. So um, I remember yours being a big standout. Obviously, everyone's was a standout, but you know, I remember yours pretty well. Yeah, I had a lot of fun doing it. And it was probably one of my first platforms, so to speak, outside of any structure that I'm a part of. Um, my public speaking started actually within the House of Drums, where the event that I did, we, we kind of created a segment of the night where I can share some thoughts and everything. Um, and when I was doing the talk, I, I do remember as well, just the, um, how do I put it? It was, it was weird, it was being a part of a community talking about community. So it just kind of went full circle uh, within, within the experience. So I, I still to this day, I think it's a pivotal moment in where I really uh, seen the potential not only in uh, my life, but also seeing what I could do with words itself. I think that it's kind of like reading a book and then having a quote and how like just one quote can change your life. Uh, mm -hmm. like how it's worded and how it's presented or even just imagery itself. And at the end of the day, just like we always talk about that storytelling. So whether it's an imagery form or in verbal form, it's a craft, it's an art on how you tell a story. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, hundred percent. Uh, there's, there's nothing like it. And when everything all comes together, it just makes an amazing, um, once in a lifetime, one of a kind performance. So, um, just, Man, it, for me, it was one of my all-time favorite performances that I got to witness for the cast and crew that were involved, and also for myself as a performer. It's one of my all-time favorite speeches I've ever done. So, um, oh, so yeah, absolutely, you did great too. Thank you, thank you. We all did great. Everyone did great. <laughs> <laughs> it was a fun day. Yeah, it was definitely. Um, this kind of goes to my next question. Um, it's an important yeah. question. Um, do you think that? 600 Transformers robots, so like Optimus Prime, like, you know, the movies and the television show. Do you think 600 Transformers can stop one Pikachu? That's a tough one, because I mean, Pikachu, that's a lot of metal for, for conducting electricity, you know, mm -hmm. so I don't know, I think Pikachu in his right mind, in his right strategies. It depends too on the which Pikachu we're talking about. We're talking about mature Pikachu, or we're talking about like adolescents still learning Pikachu. But uh, then again, Transformers are well-oiled machine, literally and metaphorically. Yeah. So I don't know. That's a that's a tough one. I think it honestly would just depend on if it's raining or not. <laughs> that's a good. Yeah, that's a good. That's actually a really good point. Yeah, I didn't think about that. Yeah, the weather can play the ultimate role there because if it was like you know really sunny out and there's no rain then i would i would assume transformers would probably have an advantage but if it's a rainstorm and you have an electrical pokemon and he's doing you know thunderbolts everywhere uh i could see a lot of robots being short-circuited um no that's real stuff it's like sasuke versus itachi you know i mean it's just it depends uh itachi was a better technically a better fighter at the time but sasuke just played his cards right and used lightning from the sky so it just depends on where people are at. Anyone can win, anyone can lose. That's true. That's true. But, you know, you're right. You're right. You're right. And, and everyone can just have a fight together at the end of the day. So, <laughs> um, but Optimus Prime is one of my favorite characters of all time. Okay. That's cool. Um, yeah. 
I I'm I know I know Transformers. Uh, I always liked I always liked Megatron, even though he was the bad guy. I just always liked his like way they designed his um his character and stuff and like his yeah. moves that he can do. So I thought it was always pretty cool. Um, I always was into like more of the darker Transformers, more of the more I guess evil, but you know more of the cooler looking ones. Like Optimus Prime is yeah, cool, yeah, yeah. but you know I was like you know Megatron and, and Starscream, you know like yeah, that was cool. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh man, I mean I love uh, his uh, it's like he's got good in, he has like good intentions and then just a bad uh, bad approach to it, like most yeah. villains, and that's yeah. that's like the psychology of villains is villains honestly truly believe what they're doing is the right thing yeah they have they have a complex exactly they look at it as as villains i always say that uh villains are villains are once victims it's like magneto like you know his perspective on uh how he wants to go about it but he was also a holocaust survivor so his idea of trying to take out humanity you know i don't want to say it's right or wrong but it's justified in his perspective of how he feels about humanity so yeah, it's always an interesting thing. I, that's why I like the psychology of a villain. I mean, look at now Joker in so many ways, how we're trying to create a compassion towards villains and, and what they go through and how they became who they became or Cru- Cruella for that example. Yeah. Uh, I always find this stuff fascinating. So I'm with you. I'm, I'm, I'm a, uh, when I was in the gym, I was just wearing um, uh, a villain shirt from Naruto. So I'm all, I'm all about it. <laughs> okay, cool. That's cool. Hey, get you, get you pumped up when you're going for the gym, you know, that motivation there. Hey, you know, yeah, man. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, next question. Are you, sure. are you a Picasso, Vincent Van Gogh or Bob Ross type of guy? Bob Ross. The OG legend. Bob Ross. I mean, uh, I, I would I would say to some extent I am I'm a Renaissance man, uh, okay. but I think that Bob Ross sticks out because he uh, the way he what he creates is very it's very freestyle. Mm-hmm. Um, like he goes with an idea, but then he also allows his creativity to kind of just happen. Like how he says, you know, it's not a mistake, it's a or it's a happy mistake or something like that. It's a, it's a you know, yeah, happy mistake. I think it's happy little accident is a happy little yeah yeah you know so that like and that idea of creativity really resonates with me actually like whenever i'm creating a product like in the creative process i mm-hmm. try my best to look at how you would look at it in, a, in an idea of a painting you have an intent it's like writing a book you have an intention but then the intention even as you go into it you're kind of fighting this other perspective which is like the book just wants to become its own thing not what you want to create it, and you have to allow it to happen that way so yeah i, I really resonate with that perspective of creativity mm-hmm. Very cool. Very cool. I could I could definitely see you as a Bob Ross type of guy. Definitely the way your personality is. <laughs> I just don't have as much hair as and that's it. <laughs> well, you can get it. You could just go to the store and get a Bob Bob Ross wig, you know, and just, you know, I need to get on your level. You know, that's what I need to get here to take it. I have I have too much. <laughs> um, I, I tried to donate hair a long time ago, but they didn't they didn't accept it. So um, maybe really? in the future. Okay. Yeah, they have. It's actually it's like I'm going to compare it with Guinness World Records when I did my world record. When you do the process to do your hair, 
um, depending on what company you go to. Long story short, there's a lot of rules and requirements, and you can't have like certain types of hair. You can't have certain dyed hair. Um, you just, it has to follow a certain like thickness and strain because they have to basically like bleach the hair and then make it to the design that they're trying to make for it to make the actual wig. So um, there's a it's a actually a process. It's not it's not like oh I can just here's my hair go do with it. No 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 no. There's actually like papers and forms and it, it's a process. So <laughs> if you had to make a lasagna for Garfield, what type of lasagna would you make and why? Let me think. What type of lasagna? Uh, no pressure. Maybe an eggplant. Mm. An eggplant lasagna, mm. I think. Um, I don't really have a response of why I would do that. I feel like Garfield would just enjoy it the same way that I would. Um, actually, I'm probably completely wrong on that one now that I think about it. I don't know. That's a tough I, one. I mean, I mean, they have eggplant parmesan all the time. I think an eggplant lasagna actually sounds really good right now. Um, yeah. I don't think Garfield would deny it. I don't think he'll deny like any lasagna, to be honest. I think he'll eat any of it. <laughs> like... If it's meat lovers, if it's spinach, if it's eggplant, I mean, if it's just lasagna, lasagna, like he'll, he'll probably have it. Like <laughs> now that I said it, I want it for dinner. Now I think about it. I love Italian food and yeah. eggplant. I don't know why. It's just kind of stuck in my head. Now I want it. So yeah. Well, <laughs> well, you can get you can get it for lunch or dinner tonight. So whenever you yeah. when, after this interview, you could just go right to a store, right to the right to a, a I, pizza I would, restaurant. Yeah, I'm gonna go yeah, I'm probably just gonna go to the, the the frozen food section and I get it where I can just heat it in the oven. Those are the best. Those are the best ones, in mm -hmm. my opinion. Yeah, um, we're not sponsored by them, but if you want a good eggplant parmesan, that's uh that's that that's store brought. Um, Michelangelo's is really good. They have a really I'm good. It down right now. I'm writing mm -hmm. it down. They have a good eggplant parm. Not sponsored by them, unless Michelangelo's wants to sponsor me. I mean, I don't know, but um, another Renaissance man, nice. Yeah, 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 an eggplant man. <laughs> So, Brendan, you have developed many different ventures, such as your travel and lifestyle, photography blog, Shade Life Studios, and House of Drums. Is there a venture or a business entity that you have not made that you want to create? Interesting. Uh, I can tell you where I'm at currently. Um, okay. I've spent, since I was a teenager, uh, being behind the camera in so many ways. But then in my lifestyle as a dancer, so much of that is performative. And it's in front of an audience, it's in front of a theater, it's in front of people. Uh, and those two worlds kind of, uh, they conflict at times. Mm -hmm. Behind the camera, you have a certain etiquette, a certain perspective and how you operate in communication with your team. And then performance is a little out there at times. You know, you have to go into other areas of your life and psyche to, you know, to be able to um, to perform at a certain caliber and level. Uh, so lately, I've actually um, started an acting career uh, on the other side of the camera. Uh, so I've been I've been studying. I've been taking uh, weekly classes and different workshops. Uh, I, I last year, I got an agent. Um, so it's been a really cool journey, but I, I guess you could say business-wise or endeavors, this is kind of the new stage I'm at. And I'm in no rush. I really, I try to take every craft for what it is 
it's a craft. So it, it, you have to immerse yourself. You have to learn it. You have to understand it. You have to resonate with it. So I'm in no rush, but I'm really enjoying the craft of acting. And also uh, the process of it is probably one of the most spiritual experiences I've ever had as well. Like how you have to really create certain compassion towards characters. And even if it's a villain, you can't judge it. You have to resonate. Uh, so it's a it's an awesome art form. I'm really enjoying it. And that would probably be, I'm hoping for the next 10, 15 years of my life, really diving into that craft and making it a thing along simultaneously being a filmmaker for my company. Uh, so how that works, I have no idea, but that's the recent endeavor and journey that I've been on. Okay, very cool. I'm glad you're enjoying the acting side and being, I would say, in front of camera more and more because um, acting, whether you do it as a th theatrical performance or whether it be um, on camera, whatever the case may be, it's a, I don't want to say out of body experience, but it, there's such a connection to the art that it, once you're immersed with it, there's nothing that really resonates even more to it. Like it's a once in a lifetime uh connection that you have within yourself and the performance that you're delivering and depending on the character that you're doing and the scenario like you can resonate with so many different emotions so many different beats so many different connections and really make uh, a one-of-a-kind overall performance so um, yeah, yeah, yeah there's nothing, yeah, there's one nothing thing quite I realized, like it yeah one thing i realized with acting is uh, even if we're not doing it professionally, we all act, you know, like, how are you feeling? And you feel like really crappy, but you're also like, oh, I feel great. You know, yeah. like you're acting. Yeah. That's not real, you know, or going into a job that you hate and you still shake people's hands and, hey, good morning. Nice to see you. That's not real. It's fake, but that's it. So you realize that acting is a lot more of a, of a human experience than it is just like the art of pretending. You know, we all pretend, you know, are you lying? No, <laughs> like, you know, we have, we, we all create this experience in everyday life. So once you learn to, once I'm, at least for me, I'm learning to translate everyday life into the craft and the craft into everyday life, which I think one, that is where I find it really exciting because then you're just living after that. You know, you're not making it one or the other. You're just in the moment and you're alive in that moment. Absolutely, absolutely. And that's, that's the key of it. It's, it's living in the moment when you're, portraying the scenario the characters and the intent of the character's direction it's 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 not thinking in your head it's thinking and speaking with your heart and your emotion so yeah absolutely, yeah and that and i mean i mean even going back to from like this public speaking aspect of things uh that's helped me transition into where i'm at now uh, you know because that's all about being off book that's all just like knowing your lines and then hitting your mark but also it's creating an intention and communicating it. I think the only difference with acting is that there's certain techniques to get you a little bit more emotionally prepped and presented or, or body aspects or uh, maneuvers or even choreography for that, for that extent to portray it uh, between positioning and character to body language itself, how you communicate that. And I think going from public speaking to acting it's a similar transition, but very different. But at the same time, it's still storytelling, just in a different craft. And yes. at the end, that's what I feel I am. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a storyteller. At the end of the day, and you're being a storyteller in a lot of different mediums. So it makes you very versatile. You're a versatile storyteller. Mm -hmm. Or absolutely. Absolutely. Um, my next question is, um, who is the dream connection 
you want to have on speed dial in the future? Uh, dream connection. Yeah. On speed dial. Yeah. Like, I would say two of them in opposite directions. I'm an action movie buff, so Jackie Chan is one of my uh, childhood heroes. Okay. Uh, so having that connection, um, I mean, to me, he's not only a great performer, but also an, an innovator uh, in so many ways to not only change uh, the idea of a fight sequence, but also how it's filmed. Uh, so just getting his insight, his perspective, uh, just how he thinks. Even though like his most recent of work is not as um i guess you could say as the high caliber that uh, that he once put out but i don't think that's his agenda either um and the other person would be the rock dwayne johnson <laughs> which is in like the total opposite in that one as far as like how it's filmed and that's more because uh i'll be honest i don't i i can't say that i started watching any film with the rock in it because uh i thought he was a great actor i just watched it because it's, it's the rock you know sure uh, and that in that perspective he i think he's it, his approach in the brand that he's built or the character that he's built in wrestling outside of wrestling it's still like the same uh and i think that's a really smart approach so i i, I just would always like to have like like a speed dial and like hey man what do you think of this idea of branding or this idea of, of hard work or i don't know he just has that perspective that i like so either one so from the the crazy wild comedic world of Jackie Chan to the hardworking grind uh, superstar aspect of the rock that would be the two out on speed dial. I know I'm not supposed to pick two, but that's my answer. That's okay. No, I like it. I like I like the comparison, and and you have two different connections from two different walks of life. Um, so I like that, and you know you know since you mentioned that, now I'm gonna have to tag both Jackie Chan and the Rock and be like, hey, you know we're we're following you guys. Let's connect. Let's talk about branding. Let's talk about marketing. Let's say, you know, or let's just hang out. You never, you know, you never know. You never know. You could be but watching I, this right now. I do, I do have to say that uh, The Rock's recent work in the last couple uh, films from, uh, let me see, uh, um, what was the last one? Red Notice. Uh, I think that's what it is, The Red Notice. I think he did phenomenal in it. And uh, what was the other one he did? Uh, Jungle Island? Jungle Cruise? Is that it? Yeah, uh, yeah. Jungle Cruise. With, with Disney. What I like about it is it was it was a little bit more in depth of a character that i that i'm used to with him and that was nice to to get a little bit more in depth uh, you know it's it, it's a disney film but i think he i just think he did really great uh, he did jackie chan one of my favorite films of him is uh who am i which is one of my favorite ones like it's a classic one drunk uh drunken master but in recent times the the i think it's the foreigner i think that's what it is, is that okay foreigner? i think that's what it is that's like more, more recent one but yeah, that one, which is funny because I wanted to go see it with my wife and I went to the theaters and the theater was empty. I was like, what's going on? Nobody wants to see Jackie Chan. Come to find out he was doing like a premiere in Miami Beach and everybody went to that premiere and oh, I missed it. Man, oh, no. man, you could have, you could have met him. You could have, you had connections. You could have met Jackie Chan. I could have had him on speed dial. I know, man. <sighs> Uh, it's okay it's okay but next time next movie he comes back down he's gonna come back down here it's gonna happen <laughs> when he comes back down here the universe is gonna work itself together and you're gonna be like boom i'm ready to go i'm gonna make that connection i'm gonna find a way to get into that theater and be like boom i'm at jackie chan boom here's my number and there you go and then that's gonna fulfill that question exactly and if jackie's ever seen this i just want to say 
his not just as a as an artist or as a fight scene choreographer or even as an actor, but as a filmmaker, he really changed our perspective on the wide shot, the sequence, you know, yeah. because in a lot of American films, the fight sequences are wide shot, medium, close up, and then yep. it's cuts, you know? So, but he really, as a dancer, I really appreciate it because as a dancer, you appreciate a full sequence. Like, oh, I can't believe they did that or they put their leg here. And then from this move creatively, they moved here. Jackie always films on a wide angle perspective on a long shot, which I really appreciate. Cause then you can see a sequence in its entirety without getting the quick cuts and you just see it for what it is. And that to me, that's freaking beautiful. <laughs> it is, it absolutely is. So pretty cool. Um, next question. Yes, sir. Why do people like the board game Monopoly so much? Because in the game of Monopoly, it's a game yes. that has to do with money. Yes. Uh, but it's a reflection of life in a lot of ways of how we treat money and then also how we are poor stewards of money in so many ways. <laughs> uh, but it's like this hope that if in this game, if I can win financially here, then I can do that in in real life i think it's just uh it's just desire to same way that same reason we watch action films we hope that life is so dramatic you know uh there's like this uh, there's this need there's this desire uh to want to win in life financially so mm -hmm. when you play the game like my wife and i whenever we play my wife gets so into it and it's just so funny to see both of us how the way that we play monopoly is how we the way we spend money in real life it's it's bad it's sad but it's also it's also fun to watch of course, of course. I always say the two games, Monopoly and Uno, are the two most dangerous games. Um, <laughs> those are those are friendship ruiners, and those can be like relationship breakers if you get too far into it, too competitive. You know, yeah. um, they 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 can start something, and I think it's because of that kind of human nature competitiveness, and also with Monopoly, it's like you're using obviously Monopoly money, but it's like there's a there's a lot of reality to it, like. Uh, you know, I can go buy yeah. properties. I can do this, and then it, it can it may not work. I may go bankrupt, make something like that. So there's a lot of realness yeah. to it. Well, Monopoly is strategic, in right? Its, you know, in, in its basic form, and I think as you approach it, and you look at look at it. You're from the get, it's a game, but you're. I think it's because it has to do with money more than anything. It's yeah. like yeah, it's a game, so it's like like Candylands. Get to the end, you know. Don't don't lose but nobody likes to lose and be broke because <laughs> that's just like a that's that's a reflection of life where like that's just not a good feeling so walking away from that game you can feel pretty horrible about yourself at the same time <laughs> this is true and and that and, and that's monopoly these are questions we're not here to make people feel horrible we're not like that we're here to make people <laughs> feel educated and happy sometimes not all the time but yeah. sometimes so have you played the voting game yet the voting game no what is that it's the card game all the, i mean it's not like not like a deck of cards well it is a deck of cards but it's uh where um there's like a question mm -hmm. you're in a group of friends and there's a question like who's most likely to succeed or uh who's the person you're gonna see on your front newspaper or whatever and then everyone okay. votes on who they think it is that that game will get you in trouble in your relationships because the honesty will come out <laughs> oh really boy i could see that if you were a good close close group of friends or with like close relationships uh i could see that 
going really well or backfiring really quickly. So yeah, yeah. Okay. I got to check that card game out. Uh, I've been yeah. I've been too busy with card games since I have my actual card game, No Cheese, No Coin, coming out soon. So uh, you know, oh, I'm excited. Nice yes. plug. I like that. I, yes. I definitely got to play. <laughs> yes, that's why I asked this question. It's just a plug for my card game. That's all it is. Go buy it. Please buy it. <laughs> Hopefully it'll be out by then, by this episode comes out. Who knows? But go buy it. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> well, very cool. Thank you for letting me know about that, um, about the yeah. voting game. I got to check that out. Um, next question, though, is what is the best piece of advice you have received in your story career so far? Mine's a bad advice, but it's a good advice. Okay. Uh, I'm not sure if I should tell you the full story, but I it's, guess I will. It's up to you. I used to work for a reputable, reputable, reputable news station. Okay. And I uh, wrote a story. Mm-hmm. I was in the producers. Uh, I was in the producers, I guess, um, section or area, um, and a lot of that has to do with writing the stories for the news. And I wrote something, and I got uh, pulled into the office, and my executive, exec producer, I guess you could say. Um, got really upset at me about like the story that I wrote. And I said, but this is, this is the facts. This is what told, people told me. And he says, um, this, is, this is what he told me. He says, never let the truth get in the way of a good story. Mm. And <laughs> mm, uh, mm, that's some, that's oh. some uh, questions there. <laughs> that's so, some uh, question yeah, mark I popping mean, up there. Yeah, that's why I'm not sure if it's a good thing to say, but you know, I won't say what news station, of course. But at the end of the day, all news is like that. Um, I know that's not probably too political, but in a lot of ways, there's uh, it's the idea of what a story is. A story um, is like um, it's not true sometimes, but it's also very true. It's uh, uh, and that's what I think is important about um, how you tell a story. Um, it's like comedians you know when they tell a story what makes it funny is the embellishment of the story which isn't necessarily true yeah but it tells a story that makes you laugh because it's it, it exceeds what the actual story is so it's not that it's true but it's so funny that it's more than true and sometimes it's not fully true that man that feels so real yeah and that's the weird balance of it it's almost like um i don't know if you ever heard the quote uh the the abstract is more real than reality. Mm-mm, I haven't heard that. Which is, like the, which is the concept of like math, for example. Math is an abstract, like so it's numbers, timetables, addition, but like literally technically, numbers don't exist physically, right? It's just it's a it's a way that we've created uh humanity so to help us understand how to put things together. But math has helped us build roads, it's helped us build buildings, it's helped us uh, accumulate, accumulate things and build things up, subtract things. It's helped us in so many ways to really build our life that it's real, it's really there. So while it's not realistically there, it's mm-hmm. more real than reality itself. And that's what a story is. So you could take that from like ancient scripture, you could take that to poetry. Poetry, for example, if somebody says, uh, when I found my wife, it's like I found my other half. Literally, that's not true. Because you're not cut in half. But you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, it's a figurative speech. But it's more real than reality itself. So the reality is I'm not in half. But the 
conversation of it. So that's the idea. Not that that's what my boss at the time was talking about. No. Um, but that is a very profound statement when it comes to storytelling. Uh, and also, you know, honestly, media manipulation at the same time. I mean, drama, fiction, um, even vlogs, for example. I mean, you look at how vlogging is today. In some sense, it started as this is the real thing. This is how people live your life. Now you're like, I don't know if how real that is, but it's still entertaining. And it also portrays how maybe I want to live my life, right? Or how I want to do things. Right. And that's the thing. Uh, at the end of the day, uh, don't let the truth get in the way of a good story because a good story is really what changes humanity's perspective. And that's an oxymoron because that's not right, but also that's just the way that we operate in life as storytellers and also people that consume stories. Yep. An action film didn't really happen. But it makes oh. me want to get off, you know, get off my ass and go do something, and you know, or um, or films that are about family, and uh, you know, it, it's not that it, you know, it's based on a true story or it's uh, inspired by. It doesn't matter if it did or it didn't happen. It changes me at some point level. Film to me has the ability to move one's soul, and when you have that capability and you can put it into a craft, I think that. That's beautiful. That's why I love film from one side of the camera to the other side of the camera. Uh, that would be the best advice I ever got, which is not advice. It's just the truth. <laughs> yeah, but it's still it's a it's a it's a piece of advice that resonated and it stuck with you. Um, and and sometimes the worst advice can be the best advice you ever receive. So um, there's nothing wrong with that. I think I think I think you have some very profound points with that. Um, and just to cap off, just to cap up before I go into my final question, um, yes, you know, whatever goes on the camera and whatever scene is from the cameraman or the camera operator's perspective, no matter what the story is, no matter what you're trying to portray is, it will never be a hundred percent exactly what happened because it's just what the camera is recording and what the camera operator is seen as important or seen as effective or whatever the case may be you know so um i mean it's a it's an art form it's an art form yeah day. and i think that's important to always know and i think what's also important to know is that the art and craft of filmmaking doesn't just exist in cinema it exists in various areas of media mm -hmm. um you know so you I think that's what's tough about like the world we live in today is that you don't, there's a blurred line. You don't know what is what, you don't know what is real, what is fake. And at the end, like if you ever go to New York or if you go to Miami, it just seems like one big photo shoot. That's what it feels like, <laughs> yeah. you know? Yeah, that's a good, that's a good. Photographers everywhere. And even if it's with the phone or not, and it makes New York feel beautiful, but the concept of people going outside to take a photo is crazy. But at the same time, that's that's the world we live in. So the idea of frames, the idea of perspective, the idea of storytelling, even if it's in one image, one still image, I mean, uh, film in itself, video is motion pictures. So it's just a bunch of pictures in motion. So it's all very similar and the same. So it's it exists in all areas. And going back to acting, it, you realize that acting isn't just in the art form, it's also in humanity itself. So. It's a really interesting world we live in and that's why i think i i really enjoy but also more and more fall in love with the idea of filmmaking but also overall the idea of communication communicating a thought an idea perspective whether it's in cinema or if it's in communication public speaking or if it's in 
dialogue form or just telling a telling a story simple as that simple as that very cool um now um my last question is a question that i'm asking every single guest here on these are questions season three and the question is that i am making a playlist um a music playlist this season on these are questions and i'm asking each guest to tell me and you can give me up to five that's the max but can you give me some of your favorite songs that you like that define your personality okay one of my favorite songs of all time um ain't nobody by shaka khan mm -hmm. uh classic uh yep. you got uh dancing in the moonlight i think that's by top loader uh yes mm -hmm. but I, I would say the the walk to remember remix the one um from the movie uh, that's one of my all-time favorites. It makes me feel good. It kind of reminds me of just a, a, a certain time in my life where I felt really young and happy. Mm -hmm. uh, not that I'm unhappy now, just uh, taking the young into perspective. Young and happy is different than older and happy. Um, <laughs> um, let me see. Okay. Uh, that's two, right? That's uh, two. Uh, 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 moving up or uh, um, move on up. I forgot the... Who is that by? I feel I feel horrible not knowing who that's by. Uh, that is a good question. I can look it up if you have I'm like Spotify up. real quick or like a YouTube I'm real gonna quick. Look it up right now. Let's, let's look it up. It. Let's let's have it. Uh, I feel like I should know that, and that's really sad for me. But that's I okay. I, I put you on the spot. You know, these are these are questions. I put people on the spot sometimes, not all the time, but sometimes. Okay, here we go. Here we go. Oh, Curtis Mayfield. Duh. Okay. Um, that'll be that one. Um, let me see here. Let me see here. Let me see here. Uh, that's three, right? That is three. Four would be, uh, it's called A Better Life by Estero, E-S-T-H-E-R-O. Okay. And that is the song that inspired me to move to Florida from New York. I grew up in New York and it was a snowy day and my car was kind of skidding like like i hit the brake and it just skidded oh god on the stop sign and it pulled over and it was just like one of those like man i gotta get out of here type of thing you know growing up snow is great but growing up on it is a different you know different perspective and this house song uh i think it's remixed or produced by ian pooley uh the vocals is by estero i think it's how you say it e-s-t-h-e-r-o mm -hmm. and uh it's called a better life it's just about going somewhere warm so that's what's inspired me to move to to florida uh, let me see how many more I got. Two more, three more, one uh, more. One more. That was four, so that's one more. So the max is five. No pressure. Yeah, I'm not Spanish, uh, but I used to uh, dance also a lot. Mm -hmm. uh, Luis and Luis Enrique, uh, Yo no sé mañana. Uh, I know it's about uh, it's about a couple that doesn't really know what's going to happen tomorrow but i think just the perspective just the just the the chorus uh that he doesn't know what's going to happen tomorrow so just live in the moment just resonates with my soul so no one knows what's going to happen oh i forgot one can i add a sixth one sure you're breaking the rules it's okay yeah go for it <laughs> okay uh what's the all-time favorite song is called la vida uh by mikasa they're from south africa uh it's a it's, it's a house track yeah, I listen to a lot of underground, but this is probably my life anthem. Okay. He says, says in Portuguese, I don't know it word for word, but 
Uh, he says, life is so beautiful, it makes me cry. And whenever I hear it, I'm just like, oh, that's it. That's my that's my life right there. That's uh, it, life is beautiful, even when it's not. <laughs> very cool, very cool. All right, I like this. I like this mix. Um, we are adding along into this massive playlist for these are questions. And we've gotten, so far, we've gotten all walks of life in music. We've gotten everything, so just adds to the it. fire adds adds fuel to the fire so um i can't you know, wait I'm thinking too many songs man i'm a dj too so I, i'm just thinking of all the songs that i love it's tough it's a it's, tough one that's a tough one it is it is especially when you're a music buff like it's hard because it's like i gotta bring it down to five and, and personality steven what is wrong with you why would you ask me this question <laughs> <laughs> So but that's what we're here for. That's what happens. That's what happens here on These Are Questions. I get it. I get it. Mm -hmm. We are at the end of our interview. Brendan, it is a pleasure being a part. And thank you so much for being a part of These Are Questions Season 3. Now, this is your time to shine. Anything you want to promote, anything you want to talk about, any last words before we go off for this interview, the internet is now yours. Um, yeah, I guess I would say, um, you know, a big thing that changed my perspective on creativity is um, community itself. Um, I think you're, you're, you're always better off creating amongst people, even if you don't fully agree with them. And I think that's uh, something we all need to learn. And I've learned it within creativity. I don't have to necessarily fully agree with somebody to uh you know uh, to be able to create with them or to work alongside them mm -hmm. and that's uh when you're a part of a community you realize how strong you could be how talented creative you can be but you also realize how small you can be and that's that's important to be humble through your through your craft to learn to know to have confidence in yourself around the people but also know uh, you don't really have um, uh, uh, you can lose it all at the same time yeah. uh, and that's like this perspective of uh, this moment has passed you know uh, or th the moment will pass or it, this too shall pass which is like when you have good days it's great but just know it's gonna pass and we have bad days it sucks but it's gonna pass uh, and I think just being amongst the community helps so much more of uh, of your journey uh, so even when it's not going great at least you got some homies in your corner to to be there with you and when you celebrate you're not on a, a mountain by yourself at the top you're, you're you're amongst your your people and that's what it is and i was raised in hip-hop culture so they say you know conquer your block con uh, conquer your block conquer the world uh which really to me it just means like uh, win for the home team and then build on that and wherever you go they'll follow so that's been a really big part of my journey is just trying to stay connected to my community and whatever win I make, they make as well. Whatever win they make uh, makes makes it all worthwhile to be a part of their journey as well. So community, community, community. There you go. Okay. And we'll end off with that. Great words, great talk, great interview. Thank you so much again um, for being a part of These Are Questions Season 3. Um, episodes are currently out at the moment um, and we are wrapping up with our season as we go continue on with the show itself um if you want to view any of 
Brendan's medias, any of my medias, it will all be in the description down below, along with the playlist of all These Are Questions episodes. So um, with that, all I just have to say is thank you so much, everyone, for watching and or listening. If you're listening on Spotify, watching on YouTube, wherever you're getting this episode. And uh, thank you so much. And uh, good night, everyone. Thanks for having me, Stephen. You're welcome. You're welcome. You could be you could be someone watching this right now at midnight, midnight, uh, 12.01 a.m. Um, specific standard time. You could be watching this episode or listening to this episode. These are questions. Who knows?